Keep your finger on the pulse of the financial industry with Finteract, an online community of forward-thinking financial advice professionals. Finteract is your digital hub to stay on top of trends, start conversations, connect with fresh perspectives, and gain valuable insights from peers. No sales pitches, just a collaborative, members-only community to help you maintain a growth mindset, inspire others, and learn new ways to propel your business forward. Apply to join at Finteract.net. Welcome to an industry in transition, the must-listen-to podcast for financial advisors and industry leaders from Tony Sirianni, the CEO and publisher of Advisor Hub, where we explore the week's news and events and put our ever-changing business into perspective. Tony is joined each week by industry leaders, mavericks, and disruptors who give their take on our industry and their thoughts on where we are headed. If you want to remain relevant, you can't miss it. Now, here's your host, Tony Sirianni. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Tony Suriani Podcast. I'm thrilled to have our friend Stan Greger with us. Uh, we're doing this again because Stan wrote a, a, a great article about um, equity and how it relates to advisors, and I thought it would be you know good to kind of expand on that in another podcast. So, so thanks for being with us, Stan. Appreciate it. My pleasure. So it probably in this instance makes sense to talk a little bit about your background as it, you know, revolves around, you know, firm, firm formation and equity and, you know, just a, a little bit like that so that we get to this discussion that, that people know that along with me, you're an expert. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if I'm an expert, but I, but I do have a lot of experience. Pretty close. Right? There's, only, there's only so many experts in this field right now. Yeah. Un, you know, unfortunately, the way you become an expert is through experience. And uh, a lot of times uh, you make decisions that are the wrong decisions and hopefully you learn from those. So, uh, you know, from my standpoint, uh, I've been a an, an investor in companies for some time. Uh, I set up a family office a number of years ago, and we're diversified in many different segments. We're in the hospitality space, we're in the real estate space, we're in development, financial services. So, Deals come to to me and to our teams. I, I would say on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. and and most of them uh, we don't invest in for a lot of reasons, right? The way they are structured, uh, the waterfall, uh, how we can get our capital back and whatnot, and the uh, management it, and the management. I would think, right? That's a key element. Yeah. Well, they, they, to me, to me, Tony, I look at two things: who are you partnering with matters. It really, really matters. Right. So that's number one. It's the people piece that that if you don't have the right people, I don't care what the structure looks like. It could be great. We're not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm already going to check out for that. Uh, But the people piece matters. The second piece is how is the deal structured? Right. And look, I've I've been at these major firms, whether it was City, Bank of America, Wells, Wachovia. I've run these big businesses. I've had those groups report to me so I can share with you kind of what we would sign off on as, as a deal. Uh, and most of those deals are there to protect the, the, the founders and the key people. It's not yeah. really about the next the next wrong down. Yeah. So when, when I look at deals, it's obviously the first piece is the people you're in, but the second piece is how is it structured. And I'll tell you my rule of thumb. Uh, I do not, and I would never invest in any more deals unless my capital is going at the same level as the founders and people up on top. Yeah, so in, my, if, in my mind, that sounds like that's common sense. But advisors, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you found this too, and, and certainly 
just looking at the space sort of bears this out. They're not asking the right questions. Advisors, yeah. you know, it's it's literally like, and I've said this a million times, but it's an apt analogy. It's the cobbler's kids have no shoes. They're really yep. good when they're talking to their clients and, you know, I'm going to research this firm or I'm going to make sure this fund manager is, you know, they, they do all this research for investing in equity for their clients. But when they're sitting across from the guy and it should be transparent, they don't ask the questions and they don't right. understand where they fit in that order of, of, of how they're getting paid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what what I see out there, Tony, I'm going to use this phrase phantom equity or, you know, dream equity. You know, it's a dream. It's like a lottery ticket. And I would say we have some of the smartest people in financial services in our space, right? These advisors, they manage money for their clients. They're providing financial services and advice to them. But the industry has done a disservice because nobody's helping the financial advisor, right? The, the financial advisor, here's my humble opinion. I bet you if a client came to the financial advisor and said, I am going to sell my company or a piece of my company to the following organization with this yeah. capital stack, they would say, are you crazy? No, why, why would you do that? Yet advisors do it every single day. And it, it's unfortunate because I, you and I, I mean, I know you hear it, I hear it. People get into a transaction, they were sold one thing. And when they start realizing what's really under the cover, it's it's not there, right? It's a well, lot of know, dream. dream. The, the, the other thing that I look, I've, and I've done several of these and successfully, but I've seen other people do it not successfully. My experience has been when you take money, there's compromises. So one way or the other, if somebody gives you money, there's a compromise. I have to give up some ownership. I have to do this. I have to do that. Sometimes these, these guys get so compromised that they can't deliver on on what they said because it's like a um it's like those stories about traders you know i'm going to take this money for the short term then i'm going to pay it back and it's not going to really impact the guy before you know it you're in a thing where the firm is leveraged up beyond beyond where they can get out of it yeah yeah and that's you know i started the conversation with experience i will tell you almost 100 of the time i invested in situations that you just described i lost money if yeah. not i lost all the money too okay so my earlier comment about it depends who you're with, who you're partnering with. Yeah. If you're partnering with somebody who has a proven track record, somebody who has monetized uh, companies and, and businesses over and over again, right? That's kind of a check mark in my mind. Uh, when you come across somebody that is hopefully using your business and acquiring other businesses as that person's, you know, network builder, uh, the antennas have got to go up, Tony. Right? That that is not a safe. I, I would not be putting money personally. So they like ask you. You in your article, we talked talked about this a little bit, but there are basic questions. You know, uh, one is equity and what. So what, what? What? So talk about that. So what? What am I? When I get equity, what am I getting? Am I getting equity in this company that's investing in us? This venture vulture, whatever aggregator. Right, right. What am I getting? Yeah, and again, that's another great question, right? So when when we're putting our own capital, when I'm putting my personal checkbook into a business, I want to have some level of control and transparency. Right. So um, a lot of this equity that I see out there is dream equity, right? Or it's equity in a holding company that you have no control over. There's leases, there's people, there's expenses. There's, there's a ton of different waterfalls where... The guys that put up the money, they get their money first, right? And there's a pref on that. There's a guaranteed return. And then there's some kind of allocation that goes to them. By the time it gets to that to that investor that, that sold a piece of their business to get some of that equity, it's not worth a lot. 
and and you've seen those stories out there. I mean, I look in the last six months. Look at look at the few monetizations that have taken place. Look at the guys at the top of the house and the private equity guys. Look at the percent of money they made and then what's left over. Right. It's not fair. No, it's not it's fair. Just not, it's not a fair deal. No. And 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 that goes speaks to who has control. And some of these um Let's talk a little bit about voting and how they how they sort of play. Maybe maybe that's something to look at, right? That that might make should should make your antenna go up when you look at you know share and preferent preferred voting shares. I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. How, how just yeah. how, how that all works? Yeah. So if, if you're if I put on my private equity hat, which which I do is I do a decent amount of that as well, where I'm personally investing. I, I want certain things coming back to me as a guarantee. So I want to have a guaranteed return. I want to know that every month, every quarter, every year, however the structure is, I'm getting money, whether the company's making money or not. Right. So that that that's what a prep is. You get a prep return, a preferred return on on your capital. Um, and if some kind of event takes place. I get my money back first. So I get a PREF return, then I get my capital back. And then usually there is a waterfall on top of that, which is kind of, we call it an allocation, yeah. but it's, it, it's more taking from that, from that stream and it's distributing amongst the top of the stack, right? To the private equity guys and, and whoever else, whoever's in that, in that pool. And then what's left over is something that's distributed, you know, fairly. But it, it's fairly after step four, right? It's not after step one. And I, I will tell you, if I'm an investor, yes, I will go into something like that. If I was selling a business or if you came to me and said, Stan, what do you think about me selling a business to this kind of structure? Tony, I would tell you, run as fast and far as you can, okay? Right. You have no control over that. Right. You have no control over that. You can get you can get diluted down to nothing. It starts off as something and it becomes nothing. And that's why I say it's dream equity. I personally would never invest in something like that. I would never tell my family to do that or friends to do that. Um, and I would tell advisors, anybody looking at whatever structure is out there, because look, you know, our industry, the average advisor is 56 years old. They gotta start thinking about some kind of exit well, this plan. Is, this is kind of what, what we had talked about, you know you and I together prior to even writing that thing that there's, there's a values-based element here, right? So if mm -hmm. you, you're not, and you have said before, you know, that, and I think you even said in our last podcast, you like to, you know, you want to treat the advisors that come in like family, but, but that means something in, in the form of equity, right? So if, and, and for advisors, do they feel like they're being treated like they're part of the family or are they outside? That might be the easiest way to look at it. Yeah, well, look, look, look at our structure with Summit. Look at our structure with our partners at Merchant. Right, it's it's one share class, right? right? So it is. There is no hooray for us and screw you, right? If we win, we all win, and we win by different percentages, right? I may own ten percent of the company. You may own fifteen percent. Oh, wait, that, that's capitalism, though. I mean, everybody has to understand there's a fairness there. I, if I'm bringing you know four hundred million to the table and I bought fifty million, it's I'm sorry, it's a different. You know, correct. The way that, but but we're all we're all swimming in the same pool. You know? Correct, and that's that's important, that's key. right? Yeah. That's the fairness piece, and and that's where it 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 really affects me because I see people get taken out there by deals, right. but they don't understand that they they don't they don't know to ask the right questions to your earlier comments, right? So from my standpoint, it's it's who are you partnering with? Number one. Uh, number two, what does the structure look like? And 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 in that structure, I'm going to use the family story, right? If I wouldn't create that structure for my own kids in my family, 
why would I tell you to invest in it? That, that makes no sense for me because you're just going to get hurt or you're buying dream equity. You're, you're, you're dreaming of something that you hope happens and that's not reality. Right. More often than not, it's a disappointment. It's a lawsuit and it's, it's just not a good scenario. Right. Well, uh, another way to sort of judge the health of it and maybe an easy question to ask is, is around distributions, right? So how if the distributions work equitably or fairly, or if we're all part of that or not. I mean, you, you hit on it a little bit with the private equity stuff, but that, that seems to me a good question to ask. Yeah, that, that's a question advisors should absolutely ask. So if you're going to exchange your company, which has positive cash flow, right, for some other equity, does it have positive cash flow? And what is that positive cash flow? And how does that relate to what you're giving up? So what I constantly see is, Companies doing $50, $60 million of revenue, they're making like, like a half a million dollars. Like that, that is ridiculous. You're one bear market away from out of business, right? And you know, leverage, leverage is good when you're making money, right? So if you're making a high margin and you put on more leverage to make more money, that's great. But when you're at close to break even and you're putting on leverage, it's just like a margin account in a down market. It only right. hurts. We've all been there. Losing money doesn't become a better scenario by putting leverage on. It only exacerbates it. So operating leverage is critical, Tony. If, if, yeah. if it's not facing in the right direction, it's going to work against you. Yeah. Well, and, and then finally, monetization and exit strategy, right? So right. in my mind, it's a fair question to ask, you know, at the beginning, what's, what's the end game here? You know what I mean? And that 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 may help reveal kind of what's in the head of the people, you know, doing this. So what's the end game? Yeah. How, do they, how do they participate in this? And where do I participate? Right. Yeah. So Tony, that, that's the biggest, I don't know what the right phrase for that is, but it, it's 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 just a disjustice of there's a lot of copycats out there of of buying minority stakes, the story of going public. I look, what? I think that's what the minority stake thing is big right now. So everybody's everybody's doing it. Yes, but if, if you're not, if your company is not generating half a billion dollars of income, true cash flow, you're not going public. I mean, it's it's just not real. Like, get real and, and get realistic. And if you do go, it's going to be on the OTC. It will be some bulletin board stock, which will just get slammed the second the window opens up that people can sell stock. Right. So a lot of those stories are just high in the sky. Like, like if there's a monetization event, what's going to happen is those founders are going to sell the stock to some private equity firm. The guys and gals that came in are going to be so disappointed because now they got a new boss that doesn't care about them. They sold out. They didn't hit their financial goals. You've seen it. I mean, look at the last five years. Look at how many deals. And I'm not going to go into the names, but you've seen it. How many deals have happened where the top guys made money, ran, retired, skipped out of town, and everybody else is holding the bag? That's a horrible outcome. Yeah, it's a hard reality. Yeah, but that's reality. You know, the, the, and, and you, you don't want to get there. The only leverage the advisors have is, you know, hopefully you didn't sign away your book in the process. So you're still, you're still, you know, you can make yourself a, a free agent. And, and that makes me worry about some of these aggregators. What do they think they're buying? Because the, these are baseball teams, not football teams, right? So advisors, but, but who wants to put their clients through, you know, jumping between firms, you know, be, because you didn't get, you couldn't get paid. It's a tough one to explain. Yeah, look, I see it every week. You see it too. There's a lot of, I said before, there's a lot of firms out there trying to replicate this minority purchase model. There's no real exit strategy. 
Explain the minority purchase model so, so people get, just in the, you don't have to talk about exactly what you guys, but just in general, how, how it works. I mean, Focus was doing it for a while. They were, they were, you know, it's not a brand new idea. Well, look, I'll, I'll tell you why we started and then whatever whatever's out there is, is probably a replica of that. But, yeah. but we, we felt that we wanted to create a partnership, right? We wanted to create a structure where it's a true partnership. That was number one. Part, second part of that was whatever we created, we wanted to make sure that we would have created a structure if we were doing it for our kids. So Tony, you, you have kids. Let me ask you a question. Your kids are young kids, right? Would you tell one of your... Yeah, I, I, I'm a lot older than I look. I know I look like I'm in my, you know, 30s, but 90s. <laughs> so my, my kids are all in their 20s. But yes, I, I these are the kind of questions that they're starting to run into real issues now. So you want to try to really right. help as best you can. Well, think about your children. Would you tell your, one of your children who has a long, a long runway for growing their business, 10, 15, 20 years, would you tell them, hey, son or daughter, sell dad your business today? At, at today's valuation, dad's going to go monetize it. And let's use the, I'm going to use the word loosely. Monetization is whatever, private equity or IPO, whatever, yeah. right? Monetize it. And when I monetize it, you know, now you're going to work for the guy I sold it to, right? And dad's going to make a lot of money. And, you know, I'll, I'll probably take care of you. I mean, that is such a, that's a horrible outcome, right? Or would you tell your, your son and daughter, hey, listen, you're, you're, you got a lot of runaway ahead of you. Let dad give you some capital. Let me buy a piece of your business, just a small piece, but take that capital, be smart with it. Use dad's resources, use dad's contacts, grow the heck out of your company. And when dad takes his enterprise in, at some monetization event, you get to come along with that and you can choose what you want to participate or not participate in, right? Yeah. So which, I mean, I ask you, which, which model would you do for your children? Yeah, right. I would do that. So, so the second is our model, right? It's it's we're we're investing in our people. We want them to grow. We understand that we would be doing them a, a disservice buying them all out today. That's just it's not fair. That's right. taking advantage because we have money, right? Of people that need money, and that's not a belief we believe in. We we believe in a longer term relationship. And then let's let's go into next step, Tony. When dad does do that monetization, the, the children get to participate in that. And now they have a slug of capital that is really a worry-free scenario for them, yeah. right? It's, I, I have money in the bank and I still have this business and I now have, I have choices. Do I want to keep this business? Do I want to bring in other people to expand it with me? Do I want to rebuild it to where it used to be as far as what I used to make in cash flow? But there are options that are in, in that person's a choice at that point. No, it's and in it's their control. Hundred percent, and and that's the, and that's what I want for my kids, right? I want them to still be in a position to control, right? What, yes. what that goes on, and and then and and you want them to get because we are capitalists. You want to you want to grow it and, and receive the value, you know, for it. That that's working. That's working on the advisors, you know, agenda versus as we know, private equity aggregate. They have their own agenda. So you're, you know, you're, you're, and management sometimes has an agenda and it's hard, I think, for advisors to figure out where they fit in that. It is. And, and look, I, I, I am a private personal equity investor, right? I, I invest in, in a lot of different projects. I have major construction or real estate projects that I'm in. I'm, I'm in financial services, as I said, hospitality. Uh, 
how I invest in those is not how we set up our business, right? We set up our business in a completely different way where all of our partners are equal other than what percent we've contributed and own in the company. But it's an equal structure, which is how I would do it with my family. It's 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 no different. And, and it's the reason why our teams are growing the way they're growing and feel as good as they feel being part of the, of the process and, and the partnership. Well, that's great. I think we're going to end on that note. So uh, appreciate your help, you know, with uh, sort of sorting through and sifting where, you know, equity is. And from your point of view, um, uh, really appreciate it. So thanks, Dan. Well, thank you, Tony. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. You got it. Thanks for joining us this week on An Industry in Transition. Make sure to visit our website, www.advisorhub.com, and subscribe to Advisor Hub. It's free, and you won't miss any advisor news or events. While you're on site, check out all the podcasts available. Click on the Deals Pages and Resources tab for valuable content, or check out the Market section with its guru predictions, latest fintech offerings, you name it. Feel free to email Tony Seriani about specific questions we can address on the show. He can be reached by email at contact at advisorhub.com. Please note that all requests and questions are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in next week for the next Industry in Transition episode.